Hello, I'm John, the executive producer here at Final Show Films. I got a few notes for you before the show. First, I want to thank you all for watching. We couldn't do what we do or the amount of things that we do without the support of you, the viewer. If you want to support us financially, which we always appreciate, you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com fsfilms, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us continue this and all the things that we do. I want to give a special shout out to our $25 supporters, Antitonic, Catwaterflame, and Samantha Bates. Uh, second, I want to let you all know that we here at Final Show Films are planning a little get together up at Gen Con this year. That's August 2nd through 5th up at Indianapolis. We're going to be up there sort of hanging out, enjoying the con, spending time together. And if any of you guys want to come up and say hi, please feel free. We don't bite unless you want us to. And if you enjoy whatever it is you're about to watch or listen to, be sure to check out our website at finalshowfilms.com where you can find links to all of our other content, both podcast and video. And be sure to follow me at John A. Bates on Twitter for more updates on all of the content we're creating in the future. In the meantime, thanks for watching. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Curse of Strahd. I am William, and I am the Dungeon Master for this particular campaign. And let's introduce our players. We will start with just your names, because I'll be introducing your characters as we roll in. So... We have John. I'm John. And Aaron. I'm Aaron. Hi. And Jeremy. I'm Steve. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Hi. <laughs> and, and Jeff. Hi, I'm Jeff, and I was never known as Larry. <laughs> Mom was never known as Larry. That's an accurate statement, probably. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> and so, let's go ahead and roll right into this, shall we? So, this particular campaign starts in the land of Faerun on the Sword Coast. <coughs> uh, near the town, or in the town, of Daggerford. The Duchess Morwen of Daggerford is having guests for dinner, and you all are invited. No strangers to Daggerford, you have come to the town's defense on more than one occasion, and you count Lady Morwen as a friend and benefactor. A cool autumn breeze blows through the streets as you make your way to the keep. As you enter, there is light provided uh, by candlelight and candelabra, and a fine feast is set out as a number of guests uh, sit at the table, already dining and having conversation as the... First to enter is the finely dressed woman of Omnian descent, but Thavian origin. Uh, the Lady Maria, if you could describe yourself. Uh, Maria de Nazul is an um, uh, Omnian, uh, uh, as we said, an Omnian uh, native, which basically means Spanish. Uh, uh, darker, darker skin tone, very. Uh, wavy, almost curly black hair, cut short on all the sides, but left long in the top so it flows over to one side in an undercut, uh, dressed impeccably uh, in black uh, uh, leathers with red trim uh, in the style of the uh, the Thavian courts, 
um, with a long with a long uh, uh, side uh, 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 side cape. Not a full not a full cloak, but just sort of a cape uh, that sort of hangs down one side, uh, and a very well kept and maintained long sword buckled onto her hip at all times. <clears throat> As you as you enter, the Lady Morwen gives you a somewhat strange smile. She seems to be under a lot of pressure lately, but uh, she gives you a smile and a greeting as you are led to the table to have your food and drink by some of the servants. Uh, the next to enter, after a few of the um, rather numerous nobles that like to make their grand entrances, there's a sl- there's just the ever slight pause in the breath like a like just a faint holding of breath but in the entire room as the stern visage of Valis enters the room Valis you describe yourself so uh Valis is um moderately tall uh <clears throat> just a hair underneath 6 feet uh well built um uh but size is his is is almost secondary just he he has a much larger pre- uh, he has uh, a that combination of dark features and pale skin <laughs> that tends to set people off um, and if that doesn't do it, then just the straight black eyes will. Um, uh, a, a, uh, a calling to his, uh, uh, Asmar heritage. Um, he comes in, is, is dressed in his armor. Um, uh, uh, good, solid, well-built scale mail. Um, always comes armed with, with, with hand axe and mace and various implements. Um, and he will, he, uh, doesn't really smile. Uh, very, very serious. Um, and has a, a, a amulet, uh, to Kelimvor on his around his neck. All right, and as as you enter, there's just the faintest pause in all of the conversation as everyone notices your presence and doing their best to avoid the awkwardness. They try and get back to their conversation before it seems like they're all stopping for you. Right, even though it becomes quite clear that they are. Um, he ignores it. He's used to it. You are, you are nonetheless led to your seat and given food and drink uh, as you choose whether or not you wish to converse with any of the nobles who you know are here simply to, hot, to, to, to hobnob with other individuals of their ilk. Do, do, um, do we know each other? Yes. Uh, you, the two of you and the other two who will be introduced in a moment have done some work for Lady Morin before in the defense of Daggerford. Mm-hmm. And you, you have worked specifically together before. Hello, Valis. Pleasure to see you. Ah, you are here. Indeed, I am. Drink. <laughs> Just gives a little <laughs> nod. 
after after a little quiet between the two of you, the next one to enter uh, in her long, flowing white priest robes, uh, who brings a decidedly more upbeat vibe to the room than Vallis did upon his entry, is Connie, if you could describe yourself. Um, Connie has a sort of short pixie cut of white hair. She's wearing simple but form-fitting and clearly well-manicured um, priestly robes, um, of, as William mentioned, of a sort of light fabric. Um, she has a shield and a staff, a shield, a staff, and a blade made to her side. A shield, a staff on her back, and a blade to her side. It, um, and she seem, she carries sort of a, um, she prominently carries a prayer book. Um, just sort of looks around without saying anything and moves in as quickly as will not arouse additional scrutiny. Uh, you, you do get a faint nod from Lady Morwen as she spots you entering. Um, and the conversation carries on uh, amongst the group of you and the nobles who are sitting here for another 15, 20 minutes before staggering in late as can be expected. Uh, Jonelle, if you could describe yourself. Uh Jonel, he his his he stands about five seven. His skin is fairly fairly dark with slight tinge of green of a of a wood elf. His uh normally unruly hair has been kind of pulled back into a into a makeshift ponytail to make himself <laughs> a little bit more presentable. Uh, he is currently wearing what is probably looks like a borrowed robe. It's very much not meant for him because his, his normal attire is much less formal. And he leans on a, carries with him a, a spear, which he uses more, seems to be using more as a walking stick than as a weapon of sorts. And, you know, kind of look around feeling, looking slightly uncomfortable as he walks in. Ah, well, I see our vagabond has arrived. Marius, uh, I was like, uh, holding a glass of wine up. Let's give a... The four of you naturally gravitate to each other. As, as adventurers, you stand out somewhat from the rest of the nobility and snobbish royalty who tend to arrive to... Uh, Lady Morwen's parties, y- you all being somewhat more of a practical lot, even even, <laughs> even the most ostentatious of you is more practical than these nobles. Um, the, uh, the, the meals are the meals are of excellent quality. There's hot, spicy soups and tenderly cooked pheasants and a variety of wines and ales on offer. Um, but all of you seem to notice that the, the Duchess seems somewhat more out of sorts than usual. And in fact, at a moment of her able to break from the conversation uh, with some of these nobles, she actively approaches the four of you. Ah, yes, it's good to see all of you. I'm, I'm terribly sorry to intrude upon you. Would it be possible to speak with you in private? Most certainly. I say, look, of course, my lady. 
Of course, and, you know, Jonah's kind of like yeah. pulling at Connie, the collar of his robe. Notably, hasn't said anything up until this point, unless directly addressed. We'll just sort of nod. Yes, um, I I appreciate that. If you could come with me, and she leads you out of the main dining hall into like a small sitting room that's off to the sides. It, it's. I maintain my grip on my wine glass. <laughs> she, she, she she notices, but doesn't seem to mind. Um, as she leads you to the small sitting room and just, please, if you all would make yourselves comfortable, I just have a bit of a request. I, I proceed to lounge in whatever chair presents itself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, fine, it's finely upholstered. There's, you know, everything is held up in a nice velvet uh, with finely crafted wood. Um, he finds a spot, uh, uh, Valus finds a spot um, where he can see the entire room and the door and stands. Jonel mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. will kind of like look at the chairs for a moment and then just shrug. Uh, he'll just stand, kind of leaning uh, heavily onto his spear. Connie will. Sit in a chair like a normal person. <laughs> We've got two sitters and two standers. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to speak to uh, the group of you about a, a concern that I have had emerge in my lands recently. Um, there have been a, uh, a band of travelers who have camped outside of my walls. Uh, at first, I was willing to let them rest, as they seemed relatively harmless, but I have continuously received reports that they've begun harassing the town folk and many other visitors as they come and go, uh, demanding money, wine, threatening to put hexes on anyone who doesn't pay. Um, I ordered several guards to uh, scare them away, see them off um, the previous evening, but they didn't seem to be able to get the job done. In fact, when they returned, they were speaking sympathetically of them, and my court wizard seemed to deduce that they had been charmed. So I was... uh, I don't want an armed conflict, but I was hoping to send someone who was a little bit more experienced to give them more of a stern warning and tell them to leave before they cause any more trouble. I could do this fairly easily. If that is what of you course. desire, lady. If we can find a peaceful way for to get them to leave, that would be desirable. And, well, I'm not necessarily one for strong measures. Um, if they don't leave before dawn, I will have to, at the very least, give the order to set their wagons alight. So if you can give them that as a certain incentive... I am certain we can convince them. All right. Well, you're welcome to take to your meal and see to this whenever you would. I just... If you would see to it before the evening. Of course. She escorts you back to the dining hall where you're welcome to have your food and drink or do as you will or head out immediately. I am going to finish my meal. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely going to finish the meal. Well, this seems to be uh, quite a predicament that we have outside the walls. Any ideas other than a certain talking to? Um, Connie will sort of flip through her book. 
and give a bit of a shrug. Um, <clears throat> In that case, call and sort of almost halfway reading out of the book. It is call upon us to prevent the violation of will and preserve the sanctity and beauty of the land um, for closing the book again. Trying so hard to be that cleric. <laughs> yeah. I would agree wholeheartedly, Connie. Thus, uh, we shall finish our meal and go have a chat with him, shall we? Yes. Do do cheer up, Valis, please. You are quite dour. Yeah. I did not realize this. <laughs> it said total deadpan. <laughs> you can't tell. You probably can't tell if he's joking or not. I just smile. <laughs> I'm just imagining Valis. Connie flips Wright. to a different page. Joy is belied by beauty and beauty by joy. <laughs> Thank you, Connie. I love this group already. <laughs> Dur- during the course of the meal, uh, Jonelle will surreptitiously like put loaves of, or like take some like buns and stuff like that and stow them away. <laughs> Go ahead and roll me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> I don't think anything will people will mind, but yeah, he's just trying to hide it. Fourteen, hey. I don't hurry to say yourself to toggle. Um, no one really seems to notice, and the couple that notice don't really seem to mind. They seem to almost seem to expect it of you at this point. But um, you you manage to steal an extra day's worth of rations from the table, basically. They're much better than the ones I usually have. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. So you all finish your you all finish your meal. And you, uh, it, at this time, it's the sun is just beginning to set. Um, it's st- starting to get dark. As you make your way towards the uh, the camp outside the gates of Daggerford, it's right near the right near the road. Um, as you leave, you notice there are guards atop the wall who are just kind of looking down at this camp. Um, so, as the evening grows dark, you see a dozen men and women gathered around a crackling bonfire. The folk are in good spirits, and a few of them sing and dance around the fire while others find happiness in their flasks and wine skins. Three barrel-topped wagons are parked at odd angles, tied to a nearby tree, grazing our half a dozen draft horses wearing bright coats with bangles and tassels. And you see a number of these individuals sitting and having conversation around one of the central campfires as you approach. I stride up confidently. Uh, towards the campfire, and is, is, does there seem to be any one of them that stands out as, like, the leader? Uh, yes, there is There is an elderly man who is sort of laughing and with, with a wineskin in his hand, sort of spinning tails as he, yes, and then the beast roared up and st- stormed out of the cave. And he sort of seems to be the one sort of leading the, the conversation here. I'm just going to give a loud but polite <laughs> cough. <laughs> as you as you interrupt the conversation, you, and then, ah, <laughs> yes, uh, children, go uh, go to your tents. It seems that we have guests. 
and he sort of stands, takes a drink out of his wineskin, straightens himself out and approaches. Ah, greetings, fellows. Uh, I see that you have come to speak to us. My name is Stanimir, and I speak for these handful of Istani travelers. Who are you? Uh, I am uh, Maria de Nazul, uh, here from, most largely from Thay, but also here at the behest of the Lady of the Manor. Uh, she has requested, uh, quite kindly, that you and your people uh, take leave of the premises. Mm-hmm. And I would request that you follow. <laughs> Don't worry. We have, we have no wish to make enemies of Lady Marwyn. Uh, I have a story to tell all of you, though. Please, first you listen, then we go. I... We're expecting you. Insight check? <laughs> you were expecting us? Sure. So, Valis is just standing next, be, vaguely behind um, Maria, not really saying anything since we haven't really established where anybody else is. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, nine. Okay. Anyone else want to roll insight? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Eighteen. First roll of the first roll of the campaign. Let's see how this game's gonna go for me. Well, <laughs> that's not concerning. I don't feel like that's a good omen in this context. That's concerning. <laughs> I've got proficiency in Wednesday. <laughs> so. Maria and Jonel, you're not quite certain what he means by that. It's a little off-putting. Um, Connie, you get the feeling that there was more to this than just a group of vagrants sitting at the walls and that this was very purposeful. Valis, these people were looking for you specifically. They, they, were, they were here stirring up trouble so that Lady Morwen would send a group of adventurers. So, eyes narrow. He just kind of looks at the group of you. Please, gather around the fire and hear my tale. Waiting to see. We'll wait for Jeremy to finish his thought real quick. Honey will sort of flip (laughs) through her book. Um... To preserve the beauty of the land, it has been requested that you leave. If it is for the good of all that cities gleam. Yes, we will take our leave as soon as you listen to the tale that we have to tell you. And, uh, fuck it. They're going to set your carts on fire if you don't, so... (laughs) Valis does a quick look around. How many people are there? Uh, there are uh, about 11 individuals around this camp and about six draft horses. Okay, and how many of them look armed and or combat capable? Roll me perception. Actually, if I have a slightly weird feeling about this, 
The children ran off. Fourteen. Uh, no, the children are still around. They're just kind of playing farther Can away. Can I make from a them. like check to see if they're an illusion? Uh, go ahead and roll me <laughs> investigation. I disbelieve. Um, so there are there are two individuals who are notably armed. Um, they're uh, both of them seem to bear a striking resemblance to Stanimir. You'd almost guess that they were his children. Right. They're leagued they're leagued younger than him, but um there is a, a female who has sort of a uh let me make sure I know exactly what I'm working with here. Uh who has a sort of a, a quarter staff and a dagger um very obviously present, and the other one, uh the male, uh very long uh, Fu Manchu and pointed beard has sort of a, a cutlass looking like a scimitar maybe on his on his waist that he has his hands nowhere near. He's he's nowhere near close to drawing it. Um, but of the other nine, there's like a handful of adults and most of them seem to have some kind of weapon, but none of them seem even remotely close to using them right now. So Vallis sort of cuts off the pleasantries just steps forward to get like about this far away from from Stanimir. Sort of look down at him. Why are you here? <laughs> uh, Connie, they do not appear to be illusions. I I lean I, to the children. I lean around Valis. Uh, this is Valis, by the way. <laughs> and then lean back behind him. <laughs> How tall is Valis? Uh, 5'10". Oh, we're the same height. 5'10", five, five, 180 pounds. Also 5'10". Much lighter, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he, he doesn't seem to be phased. He just says, We are here because I have a tale for you. You are lying. He just kind of extends his hands. Do you wish to listen? I don't see how listening He looks to back to the others. <laughs> with a look that says, should we clean now? Uh, I don't know, put, put, just put his hand up and we will listen for now. I don't see what harm listening. You will leave peacefully afterwards. Inside of I have well. wisdom of six. I am fine with this plan. Yeah, you can roll him inside. Twelve. <laughs> Neutral cut does not mean neutral nice. <laughs> he he, def he definitely seems like his goal is leaving after he tells you this story. You feel like there's more to it than that, but he definitely seems like he's going to depart soon after this story. Well, if a simple task of listening to your story is all that it requires for you to leave, then I think it would be behoove us to sit down and have a listen. Very well. And he kind of like takes his glass, his his skin of wine, swirls it around for a second, takes a drink, fills his mouth with wine, and spits it into the fire. The flames immediately burst up, changing from orange to green. As they dance and sway, a dark shape appears in the core of the bonfire. As he begins to... Uh, I'm going to show you this handout. As he begins to weave his tail... He casts control flames. <laughs> we come. We come from an ancient land whose name is long forgotten. A land of kings. 
Our enemies forced us from our homes, and now we wander the lost roads. The dark shape in the fire takes the form of a man being knocked from his horse, a spear piercing his side. And Stanimir continues. One night, a wounded soldier staggered into our camp and collapsed. We nursed his terrible injury and quenched his thirst and with wine. He survived, and when we asked him who he was, he would not say. All he wanted was to return home, but we were deep in the land of his enemies. We took him as one of our own, followed him back toward his home. His enemies hunted him. They said he was a prince, yet we didn't give him up, even when their assassins fell upon us like wolves. And deep in the bonfire, you see the dark figure standing with sword drawn, fighting off a host of shadowy shapes. This man of royal blood fought to protect us as we protected him. We bore him safely to his home and he thanked us. He said, I owe you my life. Stay as long as you wish. Leave when you choose and know that you will always be safe here. The figure in the dancing fire vanquishes its final foe and then disperses in a cloud of smoke and embers. But then something about a standing mirror changes. His face becomes more of a somber mask and he kind of brings a hand to his chest. A curse has befallen our noble prince, turning him into a tyrant. We alone have the power to leave this domain. We've traveled far and wide to find heroes such as yourselves to end our dread lord's curse and put his troubled soul to rest. Our leader, Madam Ava, knows all. Will you return to Barovia with us and speak with her? This is the task for which we have sought you. Do I know anything about Barovia? No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, roll yeah, me a religion yeah. check. Yeah. Religion check. Yay, I'm good at that. Relatively speaking. Relatively. Natural 20. <laughs> also natural 20. Nice. I haven't rolled above a 10. <laughs> <laughs> That seems that no, seems correct. No, you have not. <laughs> that that seems correct. Yes. Uh, you are not familiar with the land of Barovia, but you are those of you who rolled natural twenties are familiar with the concept of domains that only a handful of people are freely able to enter and leave. Um, typically speaking, they are either magically sealed or kept behind planar boundaries. Um, what this man seems to be implying is that there is a whole nother realm where this land of Barovia lies that only certain people are allowed to enter and leave from. Uh, so what you're saying is that your request uh, in order for you to leave this place is for us to follow you to a place we may not be able to return from in order to deal with a curse on a prince whom we do not know, nor to, nor to whom we owe any allegiance. When you put it like that, it does sound somewhat far-fetched, but you must understand that you may be the only hope for our prince. You could not go to Waterdeep and find Force Grey? Do you think they would assist a band of lonely wanderers? What makes us likely to assist you anymore? You are here, you have listened to my tale. Uh, sir, flipping again through the book, Connie will... Your tale is befouled by false pretense. A noble 
little church of Soon and uh, the beauty of the land does not hot tolerate hate or endure or such deception in tales that purport to be truth. Yeah, well, we have one vote now. <laughs> I I sort of look at the other two or the the, the rest of the group and see what they're what, okay with what the natural twenty. It's pretty clear that Connie is going well. Actually, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm just looking at the rest of the, at the other three and seeing what their opinions on this are. So Connie's. Yeah. What was the intention with that reading? Because it sounded like a no. <laughs> it, it's a... How do you redeem your story was the question she was trying to pose, but didn't quite have the prepared, the accurate prepared statement for. Aha. <laughs> there... Their, their attempt at uh, deception and subterfuge aside, they are calling us to free the light of a man underneath a curse. I would say that is... I'm almost obligated to <clears throat> offer my assistance. You have a kind soul, and I appreciate your candor. I'm looking at Valus now. He's just sort of got his arms crossed, staring intently. I want. Mm. I am not necessarily opposed. Hmm. Well then. Looking back at Connie again. What more would you like to hear, Connie? Connie will. <laughs> you have started with a false narrative and a pretense under which the rightful authorities of this town were bewitched. How do you explain your actions and that deception? And is it proven in <clears throat> rightful and righteous is make accusation against you? We have offered no deceptions. We have made camp outside of these walls and asked for coin and food while we waited to be potentially be encountered by some heroes like you who might be able to save the life of our prince. We have made no pretenses to the otherwise. Uh, and the accusation of your bewitching in the rightful guards of the city. That one we did do. The guards tried to violently run us off, and we could not have them drawing blades on us, after all. Uh, 
I'm just I'm I'm still watching Connie to see what sort of what her reaction to that explanation is. Um Roll me an insight. How well does natural Connie 20. <laughs> okay. well, right. With a natural 20, uh. you can see that Connie is like, <laughs> how do I justify saying yes so I can fight shit? Well, in that case, uh, we seem to have at least two of our more kind-hearted individuals willing to assist. I cannot, in good conscience, let poor Vallis go off on his own into danger, for you see, he is not a man of the world and is quite easily tricked into uh, parting with his underwear. Uh, so I will happily uh, journey with him as well. Connie, would you be so kind as to accompany me? I would hate to be left alone with these two. I should note that in just this early in the game, we've had six D20s. <laughs> There's six natural yeah. 20s. There's six, six natural 20s. Uh, <laughs> is that isn't <laughs> ominous at all. Especially given how our last game started. Count, counting the one that I accidentally rolled publicly when I, that was supposed to be a D20. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I five feel like in this player context, ones. that still counts. Yeah, five player ones. One out of every three rolls so far. And two of them were mine. <laughs> I feel like we could all agree this is terrifying and ominous. <laughs> First combat, nothing but natural ones. Does Curse of Strahd have rigged API <laughs> roll 20? <laughs> Valis looks over at Maria, completely confused. <coughs> Bree's just smiling and waiting to see what Connie says. Connie will. It is my duty to preserve the beauty of the land, and I will accompany you to this end. I appreciate it. And sort of turn back to what's his name? Stanimir. Stanimir. So, how do we go to this uh, mythical land of curses and princes? We shall set out immediately. Please, if you wish to rest, we will be traveling for some days. Please feel free to take a seat on the caravan. I will promptly do so. <laughs> there is no convenience Maria will forsake. <laughs> I actively... Right. I Yes, I will also do so. I can't have my dress getting dirty. It's true. It's true. It's such a lovely dress as well. Does not sit. Jonel will watch them pack up for a little bit as before taking his seat, and he will take off his borrowed robe to his to his more usual raggedy, more comfortable attire. <laughs> uh, Stanimir's daughter seems to notice and just kind of gives you an uh, like uh, a nod. Yes, you, you, you understand the, the, the meaning of making a good impression. Um, so, as the, as the group of you gather up and leave with Stanimir and his caravan, um, the, uh, you travel for several days of uneventful uh, journey. Um, on roughly the third day out from Daggerford, however, as you are traveling, 
almost out of nowhere, heavy mist <clears throat> and fog sweeps in, rolling thick around the caravan and almost completely obscuring the area, even five feet in front of you. There is a howling noise, like a thousand lost souls slowly moaning in the wind. And the mist swirls strongly around you before it parts. Not completely. You're still enshrouded in mist, but you have more of a view than you did before. As I need to now draw your attention all the way over here. It's control click, right? Or is it shift uh, click? Shift click. Shift click. I'm going to drag you all the way over here, and then I need to find you guys a token to use. Mm. Let's find a party token. What's useful? They're just a wagon of some kind. So I know what you meant, but when you said party token, I was thinking like like one of those party horn things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll use this. There you go. Oh, it's a cute little soldier man pulling a cart. All right. So, as you as the mists retract, you find yourself definitely not in the region of the Sword Coast you were at before. All of the trees are much thicker, and everything seems to loom in ominously as you see mists all on the corners of your vision. Yeah, the second mists had begun to show up, Vallis had his axe out. Mm. And he's in full, like, defensive shield up. Well, this is uh, quite a change of scenery. Where are we? Welcome to Borovia. I sort of turn and look back the way we came. What does the path behind us look like, if anything? Uh, so as you as you look behind you, all you see is a wall of fog. That is unsettling. These are definitely not the woods that we were traveling through. No. No. Come. It will lead you on the road to Madame Eva. Continue to ride on the cart. <laughs> Continue to walk. All right. And as you... You are... As you... As you, as the caravan continues to make its way through, um, Stanimir from the head of the first wagon, which Maria and Connie are also sitting in, um, just kind of... And this, we travel on the old Svalich road. This is the road to the gates of Barovia. Um, and as you look around, you see just black pools of water that stand like dark mirrors in and around the muddy roadway. Giant trees loom on both sides of the road, their branches clawing at the mist. Everything here is ominous. It's just by nature, everything here speaks of darkness and danger. Keeping an eye out. He's expecting nothing less. Right. I need. Hello, stream. <laughs> Hello, myself. Uh, 
Oh, uh, oh God! It's still happening, Jeff. What's we're hearing fuck? ourselves through you. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as you move on, it's about an hour of travel. Ooh. Uh, and in this, in the second half of that hour, I need to roll. Uh, someone could, if someone could roll me a. D12 and a D8, please. Well, I'll roll the D8. I'll get the D12. Roll a D12. Or I'll let okay, go ahead. <laughs> Double fours. All right, then. Uh, Strahd appears. We all die. Strahd appears. It was my curse. Where did I find this? Yes, okay. Um, as... Let me get the... There he is. Okay. So as the uh, as you travel through the second hour, you hear... Uh, actually, I can make everyone roll a perception check. Perception... Eight. That's more like it. <laughs> Nineteen. Hey, I rolled above a ten. Do, 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 do. Perception. Seven. Ten. Here it, it begins. We hit Barovia and everything goes to shit. <laughs> Sounds thematically appropriate. <laughs> uh, Janelle, as the caravan is moving, you hear hooves, but not the hooves of the horses that are pulling the caravan. There are hooves that you can hear in the forest. And they're moving very fast. And they're getting closer. Uh, yeah, immediately look over towards there. Um, I suppose if I'm riding in the car to uh, tap Maria and just kind of point silently. I turn to look. All right. Um, as you all turn to look, one of the three, um, a javelin soars out of the forest and just brrr, digs into the side of one of the caravans as the 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 right the drivers all turn and look as what appears to be a skeletal horse with equally skeletal rider on top proceeds to bolt out of the tree line rushing towards the group of you that was not very nice I all right that's the thing that's gonna that 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 that's the thing <laughs> Um do, 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 do. Uh, I'm going to stand up and throw an Eldritch blast at it. I am so I suspect this won't last very long, so I'm just gonna say um, I don't even know if it's worth bringing you to a battle map. <laughs> Let's find out. What's Valus doing? Yeah, Valus, what are you up to while I'm doing this? Valus steps forward. um, Grabs. That's probably not close enough for that. 
And it's probably, I'm willing to, yeah, he's just going to grab his mace and charge it. All right. Yeah, Janelle will be hopping out of the wagon and... All right, so let me pull this up. Skeleton and his rider. Uh... Yeah, uh, raising raising my left hand, I just sort of clinch it in the air as purple energy coalesces in my palm and just gonna launch it at him. Uh, you know what? It's gonna be another round before he's actually close enough to, uh, hit the wagon, so if each of you could go ahead and make me an attack roll with Um, whatever you're using, or whatever you're doing. Does it have to be ranged attacks, or is it going to be... Um... I would say that if you're charging it, uh, you would be, you would have to dash to reach him right now. Okay. okay. So yeah, I'm dashing. Yeah. I'd be right behind Vallis. <clears throat> I unleash an Eldritch Blast. I miss with a natural yeah. one. <laughs> yes, you do. As of course you, you do. As you coalesce this raw purple energy in your hand, you thrust your hand forward, and it arches forward, passing right between two of the skeleton's ribs. And just out the other side. Yes. There's just cursing in, in Omnion. <laughs> Dashing, I guess. All right. So uh, the three of you dash, which puts you right up next to this skeletal warhorse as he <clears throat> rears up at the group of you that um, that have that have uh, rushed up towards him. Um, it is one turn. Um, he lunges down toward uh, who came up the most threateningly. Valus. Yeah. Uh, I was going to uh, say. A 21 hit you. Yes, a 21 hits me. We begin. <laughs> You take five points of piercing damage as this short as this short spear basically jabs into your shoulder. Meh. Um, and then the horse's hooves kick out towards Connie with a seven, which I'm assuming misses you. Yeah. And that is its turn. What are the rest of you doing? I'm going to... I was going to attempt nah. something acrobatic here. <laughs> I believe they're going to pile on. <laughs> and my attack would be as a full-on run, basically plant the spear into the ground to use as a pole vault and aim a flying kick to knock the skeleton off the horse. All right, roll me attack rolls. And then I, I, am, I, I am hitting the horse with the mace. And with a natural alive. 20. <laughs> <laughs> I am hitting the skeleton with a quarterstaff. I hop off the wagon so that it doesn't t- take off with me on it, and I'm gonna just while while walking while walking towards the rest of them, shooting another eldritch blast out. All right. Um, this one's a twenty-five. All of, all of those hit. So go ahead and roll me damages. Uh, 
Eight bludgeoning damage. Eleven bludgeoning damage. Or bludgeoning, the three is because of the stupid way that Roll20's automatic handles quarterstaffs. Uh, two force. <laughs> All right. So, who was attacking the horse and who was attacking the rider? Horse. Was attack- or- rider. Horse. Okay, so, Valis and Maria were attacking the horse. Janelle was attacking the rider. Connie, were you attacking the horse or the rider? I missed that. Rider. Rider? Okay. Um, so, between... You're using bludgeoning weapons against a skeleton. Um, between... Yep. Uh, There's a reason he didn't he put his axe away and grabbed his mace. Uh, between Connie's staff cracking into its torso and Jonelle's flying high kick towards its skull, the skeleton just <laughs> launches off the back of the horse and hits the ground, just <laughs> scattering across the ground in a pile of bones and armor. Uh, the blast of the eldritch energy slams into the side of the horse who recoils just long enough for Valus's mace to connect with its ribcage and crack several different bones and it also releases this one last it's like almost unearthly wail that should not belong to either horse or man or undead that just collapses to the ground afterwards I was expecting something more. As you, as you all, as you all, <clears throat> like stand around the pile of bones, uh, standing. I'm looking head. back yeah. to see if the cart has ditched us. No, okay. it's still there. Looking around to see if there's any more following this horse. <laughs> Stanimir kind of looks out at the group. What well, it seems, is doing? It, it seems Barovia has a. Uh, Hence the presence of newcomers, and does not take kindly. Hmm. It is slightly concerning that the domain can sense things, but aside from that, is everyone okay? I say, approaching the other three. Connie, hmm. you got hit, right? No, Connie got missed. You were the only one that got Big hit. Fan. Oh, okay. Then I really quick cast Cure Wounds on myself. <laughs> That's a good curing <laughs> roll. I'm really concerned. That was unnecessarily powerful. You would have healed yourself back to full on a one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Ah well, if we are if we are all feeling better, uh, again, following suit and looking around like the others are to see if there are any more of these coming. Um, roll our perception. Perception checks from all of us, cause we're in a foggy place with skeleton horses. Eleven. Sixteen. <laughs> 20. Jeremy, you're rolling really well today. I don't know what's up. (laughs) We'll see how this holds out. Um, As all of you look around, um, the forest is clearly very well trodden by a number of creatures and beasts and all sorts of things, but you do not hear more of the sounds of skeletal horses at the moment. Hmm. Well, 
shall we t shall we return to the cart, my friends? Not. Any of you going to search the body? There's a body and not just a pile of bones. I mean, is, there's armor and stuff. Is what's among the pile of bones? Uh, so among the body, you find um, first off his 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 spear and his short sword, uh, as well as a short bow. Um, the armor that he's wearing probably can't be salvaged. Um, all things considered. It's kind of ruined in many different places, and as you pull it off, it breaks into pieces. Um, but you do find on him a small iron lantern that does not appear to be lit, but has a sort of blackish tint <coughs> in, uh, uh, in the center. Does any of this read as magical? Uh, Romeo Arcana. 22. The lantern reads is faintly magical. Not like significant enough to be classified as a magic item, but it has a faint magic essence to it. Uh, how many arrows were there? Uh, ten arrows. Does anybody want the bow and arrow? Is he holding them out? It is, it is not my weapon of choice. Hmm. Connie you. will raise a hand. I'll pull out the arrow and quiver over towards Connie. Um, she and, will take every bit of it, take out a small cloth, and start getting all of the skeleton grime off of it so she can use it. Um, I'm just going to uh, pull out a dagger, flip it around in my hands for a minute, and using the green flame blade cantrip, just light the candle in the lantern. Funny you say green flame blade, because as you light, as you light the candle, the flame itself... Normally, if you light something on fire, it just kind of burns normally after that, but... The flame on this candle continues to burn green and does not appear to emanate any heat. Hmm. We have found ourselves a magic lantern. As, what does it do besides being slightly odd and off-putting? Probably nothing good. Well, I will take time to study it. We will see. So it just does it's just not giving off any heat at all right now? Nope. And the light that it gives off is the radius of a regular lantern light, but it's on, but it's only dim light. Okay. Yeah. Connie will take a normal candle because priest pack and Yeah. Light it. Well, adventurer's pack, but and light it on the candle if uh, uh, it does, the the flame does not appear to burn, so it doesn't mm. actually catch the other candle. It is not fire. I'll see if I can blow it out. A light that does not burn with heat does not melt the wax and does not, not tarnish the books. Um, you can you can forcefully put it out, but you notice that it does not go out on its own. Like, it doesn't go out when you blow on it. You have to, like, reach your hand and pinch the flame to make it actually go out. Well, I am sure this will be quite useful. Connie, would you like it? I'd be wary of such a thing. Check's head. I'll just I'll, I'll sort of buckle it onto my belt. You have the Bloodborne Lantern. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I also have a, a spear in the show. Uh, uh, I don't know why I'm going German. Because <laughs> you were German this afternoon. It's true, yeah. I also have a spear and a short sword, if anyone wants it. Holding them out. Well, I have no need for a second spear. But thank you. Looking at Valus. How grimy do they look? Uh, they are covered in skeleton grime and muck and mud. <laughs> Shake's head no. Hold up. The man with two axes and a two axes and a mace is like I'm fine. I will wipe them off on the. F- Actually, I'm just going to uh, green flame blade to burn away any grime. I mean, on the spear that might be problematic because the haft is mostly made of wood. Yeah, on the on the blade though. Yeah, like the the blade, you can definitely get everything off the blade by just igniting it with the green flame and just. I'll put it on my belt next to the longsword, and I'll just walk with the spear for now. I'll I'll get like a rag and start cleaning it off. Yeah. Well, it is good that that is the only danger we have encountered as we are nearing the gates. All right, let us continue, shall we? Of course. Look out, everyone else. I sort of get back on the wagon and sit down, cleaning the spear. Jarnell will walk from here, basically taking a opposite position from Valis, like one side of the cart to the other. All right. Um, so as you as you move. Um, you begin to approach the gates of Barovia, which I can give you this handout now. I can show you this one. Aha. Ooh, I can show that off. Hang on. Shiny. So as you approach, the fog spills out of the forest to swallow up the road behind <clears throat> you. Ahead, the jutting high from the impenetrable woods on both sides of the road are high stone buttresses looming gray in the fog. Huge iron gates hang on the stonework. Dew clings with cold tenacity to the rusted bars. Two headless statues of armed guardians flank the gate, their heads now lying among the weeds at their feet. They greet you only with silence. You know, it's very challenging to dis- uh, to behead a statue. Indeed. It takes a lot of time and effort. They must have really wanted to make a point. Uh, as the, as... Look around and it's like, so who are these statues of? Uh, I believe these are statues of some of the knights who accompanied my lord to this land when he first called it his own. Well... And this is quite welcoming. Did they not have heads before the statues were grazed? Uh well, he says, pointing to the statue heads that are on the ground at the feet of the statues. They were up there. This is someone sending a message. Long ago, those statues were whole. It has been quite some time. Uh, <clears throat> well then. Uh, shall we continue to the gates? As as the as the caravan approaches, uh, the gates slowly 
swing open on their own to admit the caravan. A magical demiplane full of uh, mysterious wonders and magic gates that open on their own. This is ominous. I believe that is the intention, yes. And the caravan passes through the gates, and as as the last cart of the caravan and uh, goes through, the gates shut behind them. Also ominous. Agreed. Yes, now um, we enter. Can I make like a perception or something to see if some member of the caravan may have done something to get the gate open and closed? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Investigation or? Uh, that would be perception. Okay. Just to notice if anyone had any. <laughs> Never mind. Everyone very pointedly seems to have been going business as usual, as usual as if the gate wasn't even there. It always opens for everyone. So it has of course it, it does. <laughs> no, actually, never mind. I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> so if we need to leave, we result to child napping. <laughs> she doesn't say that. As you enter the woods, towering trees whose tops are lost in heavy gray mist block out all but a death gray light. Even in daylight, it is perpetually dim here. In fact, you wouldn't even call this sunlight. Um, The tree trunks are unnaturally close to one another, and the woods have the silence of a forgotten grave, yet exude the feeling of an unvoiced scream. The culture here is uh, unnecessarily oppressive, I feel. (laughs) Say, looking at the sky. Such is the way the realm has become since the curse that has befallen, my lord. (laughs) This is all part of it. Yes. The land is the lord, and the lord is the land. As a curse befalls him, one befalls the other. I I lean over, I I sort of lean out of the the cart uh, towards Valis. Valis, darling, uh, have you ever removed a curse off of an entire land? Typically, I remove curses by removing heads, so no. Uh, it would be an interesting feat, then. <clears throat> there is a first time for everything. We'll lean back into the car. <laughs> do what? What do we see ahead of us as the cart continues on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, let's see. Uh, well, you travel for several hours. Not a whole lot seems to be threatening you through the woods because of the safety of the caravan. Um, outside, that rider definitely seemed to be, um, paying attention to the caravan, uh, specifically, but everything here seems to avoid it. Um, as you... So over over the over the course of the next few hours, do I learn anything more about that lantern? Uh, yes, uh, as you inspect the lantern, basically you get that the lantern can be turned on and off physically as you wish, 
the flame always burns green, the candle never burns down, and it always exudes a normal lantern's width of dim light only. Okay. So, useful for the people that can't see the dark. Alright, I'll just leave it on my belt for now. And so, over the next course of several hours, you follow the, <laughs> the old Spalich Road... Uh, down through the rest of... until the forest begins to peel away. Um, and... as you... as you uh, exit the, the encroaching reach of the forest, you find yourself on what appears to be an open field, perhaps a bit of farmland, uh, and off to your left there is a massive river that flows as clear as a blue winter sky through the valley that reaches south of you all the way across and back out of sight. Um, and as you continue along the road, uh, you eventually come within sight of the village of Barovia. Ba -ba -ba -ba. I can now move you this panel. Ooh, a lovely town. Let's see. <laughs> do, do, do. There we go. And now I get to move to this area. Hmm. Which so, oh, as you all approach... Tall shapes loom out of the dense fog that surrounds everything. The muddy ground underfoot gives way to slick, wet cobblestones. The tall shapes become recognizable as village dwellings. The windows of each house stare out from pools of blackness. No sound cuts the silence except for mournful sobbing that echoes through the streets from a distance. Hey. I'm. Is there Which direction is that? Is the quote unquote coming from? The sobbing? Yes. Right, give me one second. Uh, let me put you all on the map. Also, which uh, direction are we coming from? Yeah, about to say. <laughs> uh, so you all are merging on this end of the map. And then mm, roll me a perception check, Valis. Okay. Nine. Nine. Somewhere to the west. Somewhere closer to the center of town. Nine. Nine, 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 nine. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um Valis starts walking purposefully in that direction. I will follow Valis. The the uh, the caravan just kind of keeps pace, and um, as you get closer to the center of town, uh, you find yourself. Uh, you. All of the houses that you pass by are completely shuttered. Like, windows shut, doors shut, bars in the windows and doors. Um, 
not even a whole lot of light coming from from inside as you as you make your way through town everything seems to have been either looted or shut down even all the shops are closed um noted this is a, this is a very dismal place it is an honest place uh roll me investigation you who are looking for um this source of this solving 13 18 yeah, not looking for the sobbing, but just examining the houses as we go by. Just looking for any signs of life from inside. Roll Natural one. <laughs> Makes that a five. Maria, this place is quiet. Quiet. Aside and from the sobbing. Quiet and depressing. Uh, Janelle. Most of the walls of most of these buildings are covered in claw marks. Uh, Valis and Connie, as you approach closer to the center of the village, I'll move you all up, uh, you start to get a clearer sense of where that sobbing is coming from. Uh, it's coming from somewhere south of the central square, which is this point right here, somewhere south of here. He's heading straight in that direction. All right, so, Valis, as you round the corner, you actually make it to this house where you find exactly this one mm-hmm. is, where you can, is where you can hear the noises coming from. And I am following Valis still. Take it, just a, not going to examine them for long, but just to look at the, the claw marks, just kind of how, how deep are they, how big are they? And then Roll me investigation. Trying to figure out. What size of animal or type of animal might have done this? Seven. Uh, they're all different sizes. All different sizes of claw marks: big, small, roughly humanoid size. It's it's really hard to say. They come from all over the place, but okay, yeah. It's gonna make. So, yeah. They're they're on most of the houses, right? Yes. Okay. He reaches out and knocks. Yeah, so as you approach, moaning sob floats through the still gray streets, coloring your thoughts with sadness. <laughs> the sounds flow from a dark two-story townhouse, which Vallis approaches and knocks on the door. <laughs> the sobbing suddenly becomes humming. Yeah, no. Uh, and we enter I Sweeney Todd. I burn the house down. And we enter Sweeney Todd. Um, we set fire to the village, burn the land, go back home. Mission <laughs> accomplished. It's <laughs> going to be our answer for everything. Just burn it down. Um, burn there it is down. no response. The sobbing continues. You notice the door is barricaded and boarded up from the inside. I look back to the others like thoughts. Well, I'm going to point out some of the claw marks on some of the walls and it's going, these people have had visitors quite frequently. Um, has to be on our guard. Frowns goes over and looks at the, at the claw marks. 
His hand over it. Can I can I determine the age of the uh, the voice that is sobbing? Uh, roll me investigation with disadvantage. Okay. Does it sound young? Does it sound old? Uh, you're like only on nine. Nine is enough to tell that it does sound older. Uh, so I'm just gonna like move up to the door and call through it. Uh, pardon. Uh, we have visitors coming from a far-off land. Uh, can you talk to us? It is seems like there's not many people around. Roll me a persuasion check. Thirteen. I rolled a seven. <laughs> um, the sobbing pauses for a minute but no one seems to come to the door it definitely seems like she's noticed your presence though I'll, I'll call it again uh, we are travelers uh, I am Maria de Nazul accompanied by Valus, Janelle and Connie we have come to assist if we can um you hear a voice that is very clearly choking back tears uh, come through the, the the door. Go away. There's nothing left here. There's only... Everything's gone. Perhaps we can help. Um, there's a pause. Uh, and then... The sound of heavy wooden objects being moved, just something being dragged across the ground. Uh, the door slowly slides open, and a older, older woman uh, is at the door, clutching what appears to be a malformed doll close to her chest. As she looks out at the group of you with harrowed eyes, as she just. Can you find my daughter? Oh, darling. I'd sort of like step closer, not not like going to touch or anything, but just like being a comforting presence. Uh, please tell me what happened. We will do our best. I tried to. I tried to keep her safe. I've raised her here. Her whole life, but a week ago, she got out, and I haven't seen her since. I'm worried she's... she's... And she breaks back out into sobbing. No, 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 no. Do not think such thoughts. Do not think such thoughts. Tell me, why are, why are all the houses boiled up? Why is everyone so quiet? It's not safe to be out, especially not at night. Night's where the things come, where they take anyone who's outside. Do you know what they are or where they take people? I, I don't. It's just they. It's not safe to be out at night. What is your daughter's name? I, Gertruda. Gertrude? Gertruda. Gertruda. I'm sure she is perfectly safe. Tell me, do you have, uh, uh, what does she look like? We will look for her. As I pull up 
Gertrude's document. <laughs> uh, she's a uh, young maiden, uh, brown of hair, blue of eyes. Um, she's young, innocent, uh, doesn't have a sense of danger. Where would she go? I don't know. She's lived here. I've tried to keep her safe her whole life. Does she have any friends in town? Anyone that she would like to visit? There are many people in this town who can call someone a friend anymore. <laughs> and what is your name? My name is Mary. <laughs> they call me Mad Mary. Ah, Mary. Maria. It is such a lovely name. And Mary, when did Gertruda get out? Uh, a week ago. She hasn't been back since. If you are someone not familiar with this town and wanted to go out and explore, where would you go? Um, give you one second to see what she knows specifically. No problem. Da -da 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 -da. Stay away from the graveyard, especially at night. Why? The dead in this land don't rest easy. He, turn, he turns and looks at Maria. We're going to the graveyard later. Uh, uh, certainly. Uh, okay, we will go look for your daughter. Please, close the door. Keep yourself safe. We will return with her, I promise. Please, if you find her, bring her back. We will. And she um, shuts the door, rebars as, it, rebarricades yeah. it. Ah, never mind. I, were you trying to say something to her right before she closed the door? I Yeah, I was, but... It's... Go ahead. No. I mean, it, take, um, it takes a minute to close the door. <laughs> yeah, sort of as the others are talking, um, Connie will sort of walk up and hand the woman, because I get a second one for being an... Wait, no. Um, will sort of um, place her hand on the woman's. Have faith in the gods. Dry your eyes. When Gertrude returns home, she wants to see you strong and beautiful. Make me a persuasion check. Six! Full <laughs> point! <laughs> uh, she, she looks at you and just kind of gives you a nod that's almost disbelieving, like... At this point, you suspect there's not a whole lot that can keep her from her sorrow, but she just kind of gives you the nod, almost just an acknowledgement that you said something to her. Yeah. And then she continues to shut the door, bars it, barricades it, goes back to her despondency. Uh, we should certainly check out the graveyard, yes, but um, I'm curious about these creatures that come and... Uh, 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 take people in the night. Is there any way we could track them? I say, pointing at the claw marks. 
out of those. Connie uh, will go back. The caravan's still around? Uh, yeah, it's sitting, it's sitting in the square waiting for you. Go back to the... I guess I'll wait for the rest of the group to do that. I mean, you said there's claw marks basically all over all the houses, right? Yes. We can't track this. Uh, perhaps they leave it. If they leave uh, such obvious claw marks on the buildings, then perhaps they also leave obvious trails on the roads. Could wait for them to come. The per- Those who are... Privileged with sanctuary and may know more. This is a good point. Perhaps we should return to the cart. And uh, as you as you return to the cart, you notice across the square, which you hadn't noticed before because you because of your haste to head toward Mad Mary's house, um, you find uh, in across directly across uh, at this building. Um, a single building, shaft. Sorry, I looked sorry, well yeah, this building. A single shaft of light thrusts illumination into the main square. Its brightness looking like a solid pillar in the heavy fog. Above the gaping doorway, a sign hangs precariously askew, proclaiming, proclaiming this to be the Blood on the Vine Tavern. Uh, is it the <clears> big <throat> building? Because I think you may have pinged on the wrong layer. I was going to oh, say sorry, I'm pinging on the wrong layer. Yes, it is the, <laughs> it is the large building. Okay, okay, okay that one. Well, perhaps someone in here might be more talkative. Well, let us return to the caravan, and we I believe that they actually wanted us to speak with, uh, well, they wanted us to speak with uh, one of their leaders, so uh, they will be able to point us to a person who may know more. Perhaps. Um, yeah, heading back to the caravan first. As you as you approach, Stanimir is still like sitting at the head of the caravan. Are you ready to go? No. Well, we'll be waiting here yeah. for whenever you're ready for, to leave. I would warn Those against staying here in, in, well the in the night. night. Those that are taken in the night, where do where are they taken? Uh, usually killed. Taken means not killed out front it's hard to say um as i say this land is cursed as is its lord there are many foul creatures here who would take kill or otherwise injure the people who live in this town i cannot say what the specific plight of this place is this is not my home i make my home at the camp of madame eva there are several reasons to take someone and kill them, to be fair. Sacrifice. Are we all losing Jeremy or just me? Just bits yeah, of... I, yeah, I'm losing Jeremy. Losing, losing, like losing bits of whatever Jeremy's saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sacrifice. Um, cannibalism. Um, many reasons types of 
other types of consumption trophies serial killing <laughs> Maria will going. find her, fuck Maria's John's character Connie will find an accurate passage about um the destruction of the unholy and reiterate that uh, <laughs> of Alice uh, thank you very much for your encyclopedic knowledge uh, I think that is enough very uh, well uh, who uh, you, 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 you make your home with this Madame Eva not here in the town who about town uh, would you know might have more information about these beasts or the goings on there is trouble here and we would like to do something to remedy it hey if anyone would know the goings-on of this town, it would be the village burgomaster, uh, Colin Indirivik. <laughs> Colin Indirivik. Could you use it in a sentence? Colin <laughs> <laughs> Indirivik. Colin Indirivik. Almost like D&D doesn't consider that names need to be said aloud when making modules. <laughs> Kolian Indirovich. Okay, got it. I thought it was Vich in this case, but okay. Vich, Vich, Indirovich. Um, it might be Vich. But... <laughs> it looks like Indirovich, but I think it could probably be pronounced either way. It's Barovia. Yeah, it's it's Barovian. It's not German. <laughs> um, it's, it's more Russian. Yeah. So. Uh, and where might we find Kolian? I would not know, but likely at the, the likely at the burgomaster's mansion. It is the uh, mm, the likely the largest house. Uh, he kind of points south, like straight down that road that you went down yeah. to Mad Mary's. Oh, I know that burgomaster means mayor, but I cannot help but every time someone says burgomaster, think Burger King. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, and specifically the Hamburglar mascot. <laughs> or that, yeah, that's McDonald's. But 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 yeah, like that this like weird mash of somebody that just really wants a lot of hamburgers. <laughs> um. Ah, where and uh, where would uh, Mistress Eva be? located at uh, she is further along the road we would be traveling um, likely another you know it doesn't actually give range increments on the map a while before we would reach her camp <laughs> another while yes. uh, well Dean I'll look at the rest do we want to see what we can gather information wise here before we continue on to Madame Eva yes we need to find this girl. I am all for speaking to Kolyan uh, and seeing what additional information we could acquire. Uh, do any of us want to go into the tavern? I say pointing at the tavern. Does the tavern look populated? Uh, you can definitely hear the sounds of activity inside. And there is light coming out of it, so. <laughs> do any of us want to go in there first or later? I can get information out of them if. 
Right then, let us go speak with the mayor first. (laughs) (laughs) I will stride off to the south. He shrugs and follows. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so you all head to the Burgermeister's mansion. Adding to Burgermeister Meister Burger. <laughs> Burgermeister Meister Burger. Yes. Burgermeister Meister. Burgermeister Meister Burger. Is that like an In and Out Burger? Yeah. That's uh that's a um that's an old uh Christmas anime like claymation movie. Yeah. About Santa Claus. So <laughs> as you approach the mansion. A weary-looking mansion squats behind a rusting iron fence. The iron gates are twisted and torn. The right gate lies cast aside while the left swings lazily in the wind. And the stuttering, squealing clang of the gate repeats with mindless precision. Weeds choke the grounds and press with menace upon the house itself. Yet, against the walls, the growth has been tramped down to create a path all about the domain. Heavy claw markings have stripped the once beautiful finish of the walls. Great black marks tell of fires that have assailed the mansion. Not a pane or shard of glass stands in any window. All the windows are barred with planks, each one marked with stains of evil omen. Uh, Well, this is an interesting sight. They've had a lot of company recently, it would appear. So, Valis, first thing first, as he approaches, um, takes a sort of a moment, focuses his attention so his, the, the, the all-black eyes glow a little, using his eyes of the grave. Okay. Which allow him... To sense the presence of undead within 60 feet. Because this just seems fucked up. All right. Give me one second. Because the Burgermeister's mansion is like a separate area. Uh... Something ain't right here. Because <laughs> I know there have been undead. There's been undead all through this entire fucking town. I'm just trying to figure out if there are any right now. If so, uh, any currently. There's some right next door. No. You do not sense any undead within 60 feet of you. He looks back. There is at least one threat we don't have to worry about yet. Hey, this is good. And I will I will go up and knock on the door. <laughs> All right. Or if there's a right. game, hey, look over at the game. others. She's going to get stabbed. <laughs> Connie will give a nod. He was up to... Yeah. She, but... He moves up oh. to... Well, 
No, I was, I thought you said she moves up too quickly. He moves up too quickly, and I was like, uh, the con. Uh, Maria is a she. <laughs> yeah, I, no, sorry, I meant. I'm tired. In order to. So you feel it stabbed. (laughs) You all approach the building. Mm -hmm. Um, As you knock, uh, a strong female voice uh, emerges from the door. Servants of Strahd, be gone from this place. I will have no more of your ilk. A point of order, we are not servants of Strahd so much as foreigners come to this land to assist in the removal of a curse upon a prince and or the land at large, and also to find lost children and murder the undead. Roll me a persuasion check. Nice summary. order. (laughs) (laughs) 23. Uh, I don't know. What were you saying, Aaron? No, it's fine. Um, so, um, as there's a, there's a pause and the, like someone gets closer to the door. What what the fuck did I just hear? (laughs) None of you or those with you claim allegiance to Count Strahd von Zarevich. Uh, More to the point, I don't know if any of us have met one Count Strahd von Zarevich. I, I... Don't know who that is. Yes. <sighs> then you are newcomers. Yes. That is precisely what I said, yes. <laughs> you might be able to... You might be able to help. Uh, please, come inside. And she... There's the sound of unbolting, and the door slowly opens. And uh, standing inside is a woman of long auburn hair, um, striking woman, uh, who wears this sort of high-collared outfit that reaches up around uh, around her chin and around her chin at the back of her head, long brown hair flowing down both sides as she wears this red scarf around this sort of dimming gray dress. Uh, she looks at the group of you with a very keen gaze, Please, come inside quickly. Mm-hmm. I will. Yep, you, follow in last. You all enter, and she immediately shuts the door behind you. Um, the interior of the mansion is well furnished, yet the fixtures show signs of great wear. Noticeable oddities are the boarded-up windows and the presence of holy symbols in every room. Do I know uh, what holy symbols? Yeah, I want like, a religion. The, uh, the the Burgermeister is in a side drawing room on the floor, lying in a simple wooden coffin surrounded by wilting flowers and a faint odor of decay. That's not vaguely... I'm less interested in the holy symbols now. <laughs> <laughs> I am more interested in the holy symbols now. I'd like to know which deity these people are praying to. Um, roll me religion check. Yeah, I am Gordon. also religioning. <coughs> Fifteen. Thirteen. Um, so there are a number of different 
deities that are on display here, but most of them are <coughs> any no any knowable sun deities. Um, any any deities of sunlight, of of hearth and protection, of um, of the day and of and that dislike undead. Out of curiosity. Okay. That's a any, good thing. Any Lathander? Yes, absolutely some of Lathander. Out of any Kelimvor. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, probably at least one of Kelimvor. I just out out of curiosity, are there any that wouldn't be recognizable to Ferunian uh uh denizens? I mean, Faroonian denizens who rolled 15 and 13 respectively on their religion checks. <laughs> what, I, what I'm getting at is, are there any, like, from Greyhawk or from Eberron or from other places um, in the universe? Not at this point. <laughs> okay. Okay. So once I've got those, yeah, you I'm recognize looking, over they were. The, looking over to the, to, to the body... But there are already people on that, so. Uh, yeah. So following, did, did the woman go over to the body, or is she just sort of standing around? Uh, she's she's uh like let you in and is currently rebarring the door and. Uh, so what has happened in here? I say, looking over at the body and going German again. <laughs> <laughs> was this Colian? Uh, this yes, this was the burgermeister. Um. Uh, well, for the past several weeks, the, the manor has been attacked in the night by wolves and terrible creatures. I'm afraid my father's heart couldn't stand the constant assault, and three days ago he passed. Ah. So that's the natural he, causes, not of murder. He's been in state here for three days. Uh, well... We've had to, my brother and I have had to construct this coffin, but strangely, since his death, the house has not come under assault. Uh, Valis, mm. I, I believe this is something you might want to inspect. Since I can, yes, yeah, since I can use it a uh, number of times equal to my wisdom modifier, which is four, I'll do another, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go glowy-eyed again. Uh, you do not sentence any more undead in the immediate vicinity. So, Burgermeister is not undead. Yeah. Hmm. Um, we don't need to worry. Looks back, we don't need to worry about him. I was more uh, curious as to how his death has, uh, if there's anything about his particular circumstances of death that have protected the house. Considering that since his death, attacks have not happened. At least or they've, or they've simply accomplished their goal. Um, I hate to ask, but I I would like your assistance with this matter. You see, no one from the village has been brave enough to uh, help my brother Ismark take um, my father to the cemetery to, for proper burial. Um, and I cannot leave this house. Why um, not? I am sought after by 
Strat Donzarovich, and he cannot enter this house <clears throat> without permission. If I leave this house, he will find me. And why is he after you? Insight check. Sure. Yeah, we'll do that. That sounds like a thing. Uh, I feel like insight check is a standard thing for us in this campaign. (laughs) (laughs) She is deadly serious. If she leaves this house... being honest, I can't punch her. If she leaves this house... She believes she will die or be taken or whatever. Yeah. I do not know why he seeks me. All I know, all I remember is that my encounters with him are all fuzzy and strange, but all I remember clearly is that blazing hunger in his eyes. I am familiar with having to deal with pushy suitors. Uh, we will assist, of course. We, that is what we are here for. Connie finds an accurate passage about consent in Soon's doctrine <laughs> and will reiterate that in support. Indeed. My brother is in the Blood on the Vine tavern. If you could retrieve him to bring my father's body to, to, to Donovich, the priest of the church. So, to clarify... You have not left this home in how long? Uh, Weeks? Months? Has a perchance teenage girl showed up? No. It's just been myself, my brother, and until three days ago, my father. If someone were taken from the town, where would they be taken? Uh, the only places of note that I think people would be taken to would be uh, the cemetery or the castle. And Which way are both the, of those? Uh, the castle is the north, or the cemetery is on the northern end of the village. Castle Ravenloft is the home of Count Strahd von Zarevich. Out of curiosity, would this Strahd have been a prince at one point in time? Uh, yes. Mm. Um, I do not remember. He says many things when he greets those he has an interest in, but I do not recall them. Ah, so then, uh, so then our, uh, turn the others. So then our caravan master has brought us apparently to deal with the curse of Strahd. Uh, Really? (laughs) Really? And roll credits. (laughs) And roll credits with an additional sin for it being really forced. (laughs) Oh my god. You just gave the people at Cinema Sins uh, a... like an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> that is my goal in life. <laughs> hey, 
hey, if any of you guys are watching, we love your stuff. We should collab or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, you. <laughs> mm. Mm. Delicious. Oh, tasty. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> Who does he have an interest in? I am uncertain. He's mysterious and typically only appears to those that he is interested in. Mm. Well then, um, shall we perhaps uh, adjourn to the tavern and uh, contact her, uh, the brother here so we can get this poor man to a proper burial? Yes. <laughs> as I finally find my accent again. <laughs> as we confirm that John's ability to act feeds off of our misery and distress. <laughs> I am very much an emotional vampire like that, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, fitting. Um, I assume, unless there's something anyone else wants to do, we... To the tavern! You men... Sorry. All right, so you head to the tavern. Why on? Uh, uh, Aaron was saying something. No. Okay. Uh, they were just saying. I was. We go to the try... tavern. Yeah, we go to the tavern, and then I was going to ask. Did you mention that the door to the tavern was also boarded up, or no? It's actually it's actually open. Okay. There is light coming out of it. Sorry, I wasn't. That was what I was trying to say. Yeah. I look at the rest. I push the door open and walk inside. That was what I was about to ask. <laughs> well, I guess that answers that. <laughs> Stride in after Vellis. All right. Well, then we head to the Blood of the Vine Tavern. Uh, it's about a, like a 60-foot square building. Um, as you walk by the sign, if any of you are paying close attention, you might notice that it used to be that it used to read "Blood of the Vine," and N has kind of been scratched over with the F. Um, there is a blazing fire in the hearth that gives some scant war warmth to the souls that are huddled within. Um, there is a lone barkeep who is um kind of keeping the tap keeping the table there are three individuals who have sort of a similar appearance to um uh stenemir and his and his traveling caravan um and there is a young um uh, pale-haired gentleman sitting in the far corner um sipping a drink very quietly does that does that person have a filial resemblance to the woman yes, we just ab met? Absolutely. He they he definitely looks like her brother. Strides straight across the room to his table. 
As he's like, he's sipping his wine and he looks up. Uh, oh, uh, hello. Um, please come sit. It's been a while. Hello. You come from your home. Your sister wants us to help you take your father's corpse to be buried. Ah, that is quite straightforward. I lean, I lean again, leaning from behind uh, Valus. <laughs> Hello, I am Maria. This is Valus. Behind me is Yonel and Connie. <laughs> lean back. <laughs> All right, then. Um... Yes, um... Very well. Um... Absolutely, we should definitely see that through, but... Here, why don't we have a drink? Um, barkeeper, can I get some more wine? Insight. I will, yeah. I will not turn down wine. I mean, it depends on how pretty the wine is, whether or not I'm going <laughs> to turn it down. 17. Um, Six. You just all threw a lot at him real quick, and he would like to actually have a conversation with you before they get down to details. Okay. Valis ain't God got damn time it. For if that. he's not lying, I can't punch him. I will sit down across the table from him. Valis remains standing behind Maria. <laughs> the the bar the barkeep comes over with a with a handful of, of wine glasses. It's a it's a fine wine, red, as is the only wine in Barovia. It's also the only wine they have in Thay, so <laughs> yeah, if it's fine wine, I'll take some, yeah. They only serve red wine in Thay. I don't know why. No, oh, because you can easily disguise it as blood in, in the off chance that you're actually a vampire yeah. in Thay. Also, they just have a thing with red in Thay. <laughs> it's everywhere. Ah. <sighs> So, you spoke to Arena first. Well, that certainly knocks a lot of details out of the way. Indeed we did. Drink. Well, I have a bit of a favor to ask, um, if you wouldn't mind. Is the favor helping you move your father's body to a priest? Because we've already said that's what we're here to do. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's a favor for Arena, and I will definitely help with that. But my sister is in danger. He says, yes, she said so. Something about a Strahd. Yes, Strahd von Zarevich uh, is after her like he is after many of the other fine maidens of Barovia. Um, have I have you, definitely dealt with someone like this before. Have you heard of a girl named Gertruda? Uh, yes, um... Fair of appearance, um, brunette of hair, bit of a shut-in uh, of the of the local village. I think I may know where Gertruda went. Um, but there is a place supposedly that is outside the site of Castle Ravenloft, and hopefully beyond the reach of Strahd, um, <clears throat> the village of Velaki at the heart of the valley. Um, if 
after we dispose of my father's body with the priests, if you could help take Irina to Velaki, I would greatly appreciate it. There, she will hopefully be safe from Strahd. I look at the others and shrug. Flips through the book. It is the responsibility of the followers of Soon to protect the beautiful. That one is actually from canon, okay? Yeah, yeah no, no, it is. <laughs> A lot of this is bullshit. That one is paraphrased canon. Uh, well then, I guess uh, we are... I, I am at least am not uh, perturbed by this offer. Uh, looking at Valus and Janelle. I accept. Well, I guess we are in it. This will be a thing we do for you. What um, is it about Falaki that is would be protective for her? Uh, as you as you ask that question aloud, um, one of the uh, one of the uh, the, the individuals at, um, that has been sort of sitting around that looks very similar to Stanimir um, speaks up. Uh, Velaki is actually at the heart of the of the valley by Lake Zarovich. It is uh, outside of the the view of Castle Ravenloft, which immediately makes it, well, less notable to the Count. I have a sneaking suspicion this is where Madame Eva is. I say to the rest of the group. Actually, Madame Eva makes her camp uh, along the road towards Valaki. I very much... I saw you are in the company of Stanimir. I, su I suspect he is leading you to her. I suggest you get your fortunes read while you are there. I think we shall do this. But first, a body. I say, finishing my wine. Uh, yes, um, Ismark um, downs the remainder of his wine, stands up. Yes, we should do this. As you stand, you notice that he keeps a blade on his hip. As I stand, he'll notice I keep several on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I have a long sword, now a short sword, a steel pipe, and a sickle. Uh, he has a long sword, a short sword, and a heavy crossbow across his body. And a couple of daggers. Um, Connie will... Uh put down her drink um, and head off towards whatever like restroom or backspace she can find um, mm. and quickly like take off some of the outer layers of her somewhat formal party getup that she's actually just kept for the rest of the journey because didn't occur to her until now. Um, sort of in essentially a slightly sturdier crop top undershirt um, with an exposed back. Um, and head back out. Hmm. I'll be right back.
Okay. Alright. As we had as we had <clears throat> tell me more about this count. Ah, uh, well, um Count Strad von Zarovich rules over all of Barovia from Castle Ravenloft mm-hmm. uh, to the northwest. Um and strides freely wherever he wishes and is known to appear where he wants to be without much warning. Uh, He commands packs of monsters and wolves and bats and seems to do as he pleases and cares little for the lives of those on this land. Can I get a arcana nature something? You can roll me a religion check to know what vampires are. Being, yes, yes. Be yeah. having some experience with monsters and killing them. Thirteen. God damn it! Fucking sounds seriously. mysterious and weird. <laughs> like. Connie, you've heard of beings that have these sorts of weird powers, but you don't know a lot about them. This isn't really your field. Yeah. I'm back. What a miss. A natural one on the know what vampires are check from our resident haunted one. Ooh, because that makes sense. Yes. You you skipped that day of class. What, was the thing that brought this up something I would have been privy to to make a roll as well? I mean, uh, Ballas asked uh, Ismark about more, more details about Strahd, and he Strahd. gave information about how he wanders freely, seems to rule this land, wanders with packs of wolves and bats <laughs> and strides without warning, etc., etc. With a 21, do I know what a, what a vampire is? Funnily enough, they <laughs> loves blood magic. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you have heard of those specific kinds of undead who have a very, very close tie with some lands and blood and the variety of, uh, creatures of the night that he speaks of. You've heard tell of vampires, you've never encountered one, and you don't know all all the things about them, but you could surmise that this is likely, if not the exact curse, but similar to the curse that has befallen Count Strahd. Hmm. This uh, sounds like tales of vampires that I've heard from my homeland. What? Uh, powerful undead entities. Uh, not much. I mean, about once the name is the mentioned, yeah, once, once, but... the, once the name has been dropped, you know I about he like cut like... straight off. I know what a vampire is. Oh, looks over at Ismer. the lord of this land. Is a vampire? I don't know what that is, so I could not answer you. It at least sounds like one. Uh, Would explain several things. um, (laughs) See the look on Janelle's face. It's very similar to Valis at this point. Um, where are we in the moving a body to the graveyard? I mean, you haven't left the tavern yet. Okay, okay. No, well, I figured that was, I figured that was 
as we were walking. Yeah, so you're you're yeah. you're leaving the tavern now, and you're on the road. You head yeah. you head back to uh, the Burgermeister's Manor. The, the Manor. Uh, and so you you re-enter the manor, and um, uh, Irina seems to have prepared the coffin for transit. Uh, it's like decked with a pair of holy symbols across the front of it, and the lid has been shut. Ah, you've returned. Ah, there you are, Ismark. Um, are you ready? Ismark kind of brushes his hair to the side. Yes, let's get this over with, and then we all need to have a discussion after we've safely interred our father. Do we have... Do you have a cart of some kind, or are we to be pallbearers as well? Uh, Yes, I'm afraid we'll have to carry him on our shoulders. That's fine. Uh, as a as a word of caution, I do not in my daily life do much in the way of heavy lifting. Uh, I, right. I should I hold up I hold up my arms and emphasize the frail like 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 overemphasize that they are frail girly arms. It's all right. I should Bonnie be able will. To, I should be able to carry it uh, most of it myself with just the help of one other. Yeah. Um. Connie will step forward. I think we're good. I've got a, a I've got a strength of seventeen. You're probably sixteen. 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yes, a woman of faith. Yes. Uh yes, I would appreciate any assistance. Let's get this let's get this to Donovich before the <laughs> night falls. Conky Ballas go. It's me instantly as a person of faith and not the cleric. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, the cleric is a death cleric. <laughs> That's also true. Grave cleric, not death cleric. Let's make the important distinction between I those was, two. Okay. That's also true. But I feel like the grave cleric is actually the one carrying coffins is more suited to <laughs> than the cleric of... Or wait. Than the barbarian of a beauty goddess. But yes. Yeah, Taniel... The two bruisers pick up the coffin with yeah. ease while I cheerlead from behind. It's Mark, Vallis, and Connie can all very easily, like, with two of you, it would have taken a strength check. With yeah. all three of you, it's you just lift the coffin. Yeah. Um, and so you, you Worst proceed- case scenario, I rage carry the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just shot put him across town. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but you know. Yeah, you you carry uh Yeah, you you carry the uh the coffin. <sighs> yep. Um And so you 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 make your way through the village. It gets much quieter. And that's saying something, but it gets much quieter when you start walking through with a coffin on your shoulders. Um, as you um, make your way toward uh, the church on the hill which is up here and I will move all of the tokens over there just pay, pay close attention to our surroundings since uh, Rena said she <laughs> We've been. He's being hunted. Yeah. Well, Arena's staying in the house. 
Oh, As we're oh, walking, we've been told to avoid the graveyard at night. I'm assuming this has something to do with vampires. Um, well... Completely missing the fact that Ismark had no vampire was before. Yeah. Um... Well, every night at at midnight, um, the dead stir in the graveyard, and everyone does their best to stay locked up and quiet during that period, and stays away from the graveyard. Looks over at the others. We are coming to the graveyard tonight, right? Unfortunately, the one who would be the one who would be vocally responding is not present right now. <laughs> uh, I, I Bonnie cannot to, shrug because is currently carrying something. I would have to agree with Velis. This would be this is a an abomination and an affront to the light within. Yes. The light within. Sorry, I have to keep having to deal with a screaming child. Look over at Vela. So there is, there is a way to prevent him from rising again. Uh, are you speaking of the body or of somebody yes. else? Yes, if, if we if we bury him here. Yes, I am aware. What, what is to prevent him from succumbing to what the others have? Actually, would I be aware? Let me... Re- would you be aware of what? The, the way to prevent a corpse from rising? Yes. Uh, yeah, as a cleric, you're you're aware of okay. you, like especially as a death domain as a, as a grave domain cleric, you are aware of the rituals and spells that can there are from being raised in undeath. There are spells that can be done, unfortunately, that I do not have access to. Otherwise, look over at Ismark for just a moment before looking back. Change his decision of what to say. It's just he looks over just to judge the reaction. Behead the body. Ismark just like. Uh, surely simply chaining the coffin closed would also have a similar effect, would it not? That is entirely dependent upon how strong the individual might be. That said, we deta- I did not detect any undeath coming off of him. That doesn't mean he won't become undead, but... All right, at this point, you're approaching the church. Yeah. So, 
Atop a slight rise against the roofs of the pillar of stone that supports Castle Ravenloft stands a grey, sagging edifice of stone and wood. This church has obviously weathered the assaults of evil for centuries on end and is worn and wearied. A bell tower rises toward the back and flickering light shines through holes in the shingled roof. The rafters strain feebly against their load. Is there a head priest here still? As you approach, the heavy wooden doors of the church are covered with claw marks and scarred by fire. Uh, But they do seem to be... Gabriel really wants to interject. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to let you all know that he wants to help kill undead and vampires and things. A part of Strahd von Zervich will be played by... Uh, As I move everybody over. Same question. I said, is there still a priest here? Uh, Yes, that would be Donovich. Also, our map is completely black. Yeah, I have to give you token sight. One second. Oh, okay. I have to get Ismark over here as well. There he is. Has sight. I have 60 feet of dark vision. I don't have 60 feet of dark vision. Torchlight is 40 feet or 80 feet. What are you? Torchlight is 40 feet or 80 feet. 30, I think. Uh, something like that. Because a hooded lantern is the most at 88. Yeah. I yeah. don't have I don't have dark vision. I have dark vision that everyone can see. <laughs> because it's dim. I have a light spell, which is 30 feet. Yes. I do have dark vision. I also yeah. have dark vision. Half of us do, half of us don't. So it's not night right now, so ideally it's at least dim light. Yes. All right. Uh, can you guys see everything? Yes. All right. Uh, so you look back I cannot. to... Look... Oh, now I can. Uh-huh. Yeah. Looks back to Smirk. How useful is this priest? Uh, my dealings with Donovich are not... Unpleasant, but I typically am not long to speak with him, so... Will he be able to perform this? I couldn't tell you, actually. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, just for, for William's edification, for use of the token, if I've got the lantern on, it would be 60 feet with zero for where the dim light starts. He looks over at Maria, since they're all holding the coffin. Uh, yes, I will uh, I will go up to the door and knock. <laughs> <laughs> I let go of the coffin and walk <laughs> forward. No. All right. Let me get the church. Uh. Uh, 
and my one spell slot of the day. Alright, so, um... Uh, you hear a, uh... Y you don't hear a, quite a response, um, but you realize the door is not locked. Open it up! Get shot immediately. <laughs> you hear an explosion as a cannon fires. Alright, so. The door is open to reveal a ten foot wide, twenty foot long hall leading to a brightly lit chapel. The hall is unlit and reeks of mildew. Four doors, two on each side of the hall, lead to adjacent chambers. You can see that the chapel is strewn with debris, and you hear a soft voice from within reciting a prayer. Suddenly, the prayer is blotted out by an inhuman scream that rises up from beneath the wooden floor. I draw ah! my I draw Setting my sword. down a coffin. <laughs> I will... Dropping a coffin and pulling out... Uh, yeah. Catching a coffin <laughs> and Sorry, setting it down. Somebody's flaw is... I feel no compassion for the dead because they're the lucky ones. That's fine. <laughs> My flaws are mostly related to not knowing what the fuck I'm doing. Basically, his re his reaction is dropping. Not bring this thing back to unlife. Will not bring this body to unlife. So I don't care. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to, uh, draw my sword and, uh, just be prepared to cast a spell, just in case. Uh, and sort of step into the building. Can yep. I catch the coffin when the weight drops onto me and set it down gently? Uh, you wrote me a strength check. Athletics, actually. Hey, sir, it's you and Ismark. Yeah, so. With advantage, because Ismark is helping. Because he does not want his thirteen. Yeah, so you you manage to eh, grab the coffin as it starts to drop and set it down gently. <clears throat> Setting that down. What, what's the name of the priest, by the way? Uh, Donovich. Uh, Don. Yeah. Hey. So he's stepped forward. Father Donovich. I call out. Uh, as you as you approach, the individual who seems to be in prayer uh, looks up from the from the altar. Huh! Looks incredibly startled. He is wide-eyed. Looks like he hasn't slept in weeks. Maybe um, uh, he kind of just he 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 looks a little insane. Like, not in the violent way, but in the I-have-seen-so-much-shit way. Um, and he just kind of looks at the group of you. Ah, strangers. Uh, welcome to the Church of the Morning, Lord. Holding my hand up. Uh, pardon me, we heard a scream beneath the floorboards. Would you happen to know what that was? I have taken this time to cast guidance on myself, by the way. Uh, that is a problem of the church. Well, we are, we are deft problem solvers. Perhaps we might be able to handle it for you. 
Uh, roll me a persuasion check. <laughs> Fifteen. And if it matters, I do have position of privilege. Uh, that is my son, Doru. What is wrong with him? Uh, a little more than a year ago, my son, Doru, and several other villagers uh, revolted. Uh, they stormed Castle Ravenloft, uh, following a wizard in black robes who came to this place from a faraway land. Um, by all accounts, the wizard and all who journeyed with him in this revolt died by the hand of Count Strahd, including my son. Who is locked in the Undercroft below. I assume he needs to I'm be put to sorry. rest then. No, what? please. I have been praying to the do I, have, I have been praying to the Morning Lord for some way to save my son without destroying him. I'm inside checking this motherfucker. I believe him. Yeah, insight would definitely be the thing to do. Ten. He's being honest. He's trying to save his son. Uh, and assuming that you have had no success, I will regret to inform you that there are very few ways indeed uh, within the power of most mortals to return those who have died to the living. Valis is just striding into the chapel at this point. He is, he is locked in the Undercroft at the moment, and I currently do not have possession of the key. And I will where continue is, to pray for an answer. Where is the Undercroft? I will not show you so that you may attempt to slay my son before I can attempt to save him. He's already dead. I must try and save my son. I am going to put my sword away, move up, put a hand on Valus's shoulder. Valus, please. And then sort of move up towards uh, Donovic. Look. Is it town... <laughs> <laughs> The town is already under attack on a nightly basis from creatures that have risen from the dead. There may very well be a way to save your son, however, in the time that it takes to find such a manner, as my son begins to fuss in the background, uh, in the time it takes to find such a resource or to acquire the power necessary to it, are you willing to take the chance that your son manages to break free, overpower you, kill you, perhaps, and add you to their number, and wreak havoc upon the rest of the town? Would you take the guilt of others dying on your conscience? My son is all I have left in this world. To be honest, you do not have him anymore. Yeah, the balance is like, then you have nothing. Can I make a persuasion roll? 
Uh, Connie will flip through her book you're, a bit. I'm um, not going to make you make a roll because you're not going to be able to convince him otherwise. I figured. <laughs> we are not exactly the most... Con- we have not made the most convincing argument. Your your son has already uh, passed from this world. Con- and he- Connie's reading oh. a book. Hang on. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Connie. Um, your actions of love are admirable, but... It does not protect beauty to hold on to what has been lost if you cannot restore it. What actions would you take or do you only hold the hope that perhaps a god will step in? The greatest hope that I have is that perhaps if the curse afflicting Strahd von Zarevich is lifted, then perhaps the one afflicting my son will be as well. Look back at Valus. Does Valus seem like he's about to just kill this guy and go on, go on to the sun? No, absolutely <laughs> not. He has, he has no apparent intent of killing him. He is turning around and looking at these four doors like he's about to start and looking for. Like he's about to start opening and looking for. Um, Connie will then turn to Valus to see. Hege, even with just caught, as we're not knowing what had one is destroying, may unleash dangers one does not anticipate. There, we know what the danger is. Yes. Looking over at the priest, like you're, you're. And once the lock is broken, the next one. Oh, I need to make. I need to make two corrections, by the way. Um, having, because of the layouts of this stuff, uh, the there are two actually iconographies that were on the holy symbols all all over the house. Um, neither of which you recognize because they're unique to Barovia. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, okay. And uh, also. The resemblance between um, Ismark and Irina is mostly in demeanor. Um, they definitely appear to look very somewhat different in the face and in the hair. And yeah. their, their clothing and demeanor is very similar. All right. That's looking over the priest. Is, your, your son is gone, and what he has become is an affront to what he was. He needs to be freed from the suffering that he's going through. Even if I were to agree to that, I don't have the key to the Undercroft. Uh, <laughs> that is an obstacle that is easily to fix overcome. This problem. Keys, uh, keys are not an obstacle. I walk to this door and I open it. Oh. All right, uh, let me. Hey guys. Maybe they have a lock on the place where they put all of the undead for a reason, and if we break the lock, they won't be able to put it back once we're done killing things. 
No, Connie, I'm sure that's stupid. That's that's <laughs> what's going on in Connie's head right now. There's this, like a this, little play. This dirty room contains a wooden bed with a straw-filled mattress, next to which rests a small table with an oil lamp burning brightly on it. Mounted above the bed's headboard is a wooden sun-shaped holy symbol. Mm. Start Valus, Valus, I, I call out. Perhaps Head we should. out. Perhaps what? we should uh, finish the task we came here to do first. <laughs> I can't see Jeremy's head, but I'm just assuming that Valus is staring. <laughs> <laughs> One of these, one of these corpses is not moving. The other is screaming. Yes. I feel we should deal with the one that is screaming first. If we put the, uh, we can put the one that's not moving in the ground so that while we are dealing with the one that is screaming, it does not get up and start joining the festivities. Roll me a religion check, um, Jeremy or uh, Valis. <laughs> Nineteen. Odds are good that if the story of what happened to this to Donovich's son Doru is true, um, oh shit, he's it's not he's dead, not just he, he's not just an undead. Oh yeah, huh? Right. He went to Count Strahd, the vampire's castle. Died uh, and has been returned. Right. He's probably not just a regular undead. Right. You're all level one. <laughs> <laughs> Valis I, I does not understand mechanical level and challenge rating. <laughs> what, I, what, I, what I will say is, you know that even a even a fledgling vampire is beyond your current abilities, and will result in thing there's four of us. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Our cleric has a and next week you'll meet. No, our... no. Well, apparently we decided to go to the part in the introductory adventure that will <laughs> will apparently kill us. You don't have to go fight Doru. <laughs> you have first, first, first of all. We did. He doesn't know where the key's at. We did sort of go head on towards that ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not being, you're actively trying to be like, you're actively being yeah. deterred from trying to go after Dor. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. We, we have the information now. That is so, good to know. So still looking at Valis, just sort of, I, uh, I give, I, I give Valis the most pathetic, uh, 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 puppy dog eyes. That I can possibly muster, and I've got an I've got an eighteen charisma, so hopefully it's really pathetic. Well, their charisma is twice of what mine is. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. Thank you, Valis. I mean, I want to be clear. He's not leaving this place until he's dealt with the vampire. So if 
Wizards of the Coast created it to TPK level one characters in the first town you come to. That's their problem. They created it so that you'd can be coming I make, back to Jeremy, can I make an insight check to see what might be going on with Thalys? It gives you a background called Haunted One and sets up situations where you are monster hunters. Yes. I, I I understand that I'm trying to deal with I'm this just... character if possible. <laughs> we're we're staring at Valus and trying to figure out what's going on in his head. Uh, I pretty much just told you. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's. Okay. We can There's we can have conversations. Threat in just yeah. leaving the, in yeah. his mind. There is far too much threat in just leaving this 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 thing to sit here while we go off to other villages and go back to talk to the 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 group who apparently call this vampire their cursed lord. Yes, there is so much. Not happy with the situation that Valis has right now. Okay. Right. Sort yeah. of understanding that. Connie is going to just kind of slam the book shut. Look directly at the um Darius there Donovich. Donovich. Thank you. Darius is the character I made. Um, Donovich, um, you are the holy priest of this town. You might have responsibility to your son, but you also have a fucking responsibility to who all of the people of this town. What happens when that thing gets out Odin kills you? Who oh, I understand it wears your son's face, but it isn't your goddamn child. I don't have the power to kill him. If I do not keep him locked below, he will kill everyone in this village. Who has the key? I'm not saying I'm going to unlock the door and let him out. Who has the key? I've lost it. I don't know where You say is. you don't have the power to kill him. He is a more significant threat than the others, or are all that rise this dangerous? He is like Strahd. Oh, so he's a vampire too. <laughs> Valus, we're not going to be killing the boy. Not yet. If we try... If we try, we will die. I and would we will be of no use to everyone else in this place. I would hate to admit it, as much as I agree with Valis, that yes, this might be a bit beyond our abilities to properly put him to rest at this moment. Why don't we shelve this discussion for just a moment? We brought someone who needs to be buried. Are you able to perform rites? to ensure that then death does not find this one. Yes, I I can absolutely inter the dead. Yes. Uh, who have you brought? Apparently you cannot. Your burgomaster. I'll handle it. it. 
Uh, well, oh, Holyan and Dirovich. Um, Charisma 8, guys. Yep, yep, yep. Do you know why the creatures may have stopped attacking his his um, house after, after he died? I do not. Is that typical if a body is not brought here that the house remains unharmed? No. I wonder... Some information you wish to, you may wish to know. Uh, particularly, as Ismark is still outside with the with the casket. Um, particularly in regards to Colian's uh, children. Ismark is Colian's son. Irina is not the natural daughter of Kolyan Indirovich. Irina never learned of this, but Kolyan found her at the edge of the Svalich woods near the pillar stone of Ravenloft. She was but a girl then and seemed to have no memory of her past. Kolyan adopted her and loved her dearly, but I suspect that her mysterious origins are part of why Lord, Lord Strahd has an interest in her. Well. Why does everything keep getting more and more complicated in, like, the five minutes we've been here? Such is the nature of Barovia. Are you... Tell us about the nomadic people. Ah, the Vistani. Yes. Um, what do Barovians know about the Vistani? Uh... <laughs> the, uh... The Vistani are, well, among the many beliefs that we have, uh, the Vistani serve the Devil Strahd. They alone are allowed to leave Barovia, and as Strahd seems to look favorably upon their lust for life and their nomadic ways. They serve him when called upon, but they are allowed to wander freely to and from the land of Barovia. Uh, so why would they uh, leave the land of Barovia in order to find adventurers to deal with uh, Strahd? Well, they are by no means slavish. They are servants, but not mindless. They may be wishing to free their lord. And freeing their lord frees the entire land of Barovia, etc., etc. Such is the case. 
is a dangerous vampire. Well, let us deal with one thing at a time. I say, looking back out at the door, I don't know if Valus has already gone out to get the coffin or not, but... Yeah, probably. So. We have nobody <sighs> to bury. The Morning Lord, we should, we should perform this at dawn. I would suggest... The Morning Lord no longer answers our prayers. He has not for centuries. Not since the curse of Strahd befell. But... Mother Don't Night... Don't it! Times two. Mother, Mother Night is still present. She has felt most strongly between dusk and dawn. Her nighttime, nighttime prayers to her go ever unanswered. But at dusk, at, or at dawn, is when we should perform this ritual. Doesn't... The sun, as much as it has not shown over this place, night will fall soon. I suggest you find a safe place to... Stay for the evening. Tell me, uh, what is the nature of the undead that come out at night? Ah. Well, um... I suppose you've heard of that from some of the villagers. And also seen evidence of their passing. Well, the claw marks you see are from Strahd's servants, but every night at midnight, the spirits of those dead who have come to Raven... who have come to... Who have come to Barovia, either as adventurers or as rebels, or those who have risen up and attempted to destroy Strahd, their spirits rise from the graveyard, where they perform a silent procession as they walk the road toward Castle Ravenloft. Are they hostile? They have not yet interacted with anyone, but most stay clear of them. They walk the road to the castle every night at midnight. And do Strahd's servants yeah. come out every night as well? They are active during the night. They're not... We pray that they do not threaten us every night, but that most of their activity does come when the sun... When even it's what vague hints of light are present during the day are gone. Um... Sorry, never mind. Well then, let us bring the body inside and gather ourselves for the evening and return in the morning to deal with this burial. So outside, he's already prepping the body. <laughs> All right. Because Kelimvor's services are done at sundown, he's to be acceptable in this case and he already made it clear inside that he doesn't think this person is appropriate for doing a, a burial ritual at this yeah. point <laughs> since he's a priest of Lathander who's like oh my son's an undead it's have he, to deal with yeah. it I he's understand specifically, he specifically yeah he, Jeremy, he's a priest of Lathander the yeah. player understands yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, go out. I'm gonna go, go, go outside. Uh, I... 
Uh, Valus. Yes. Are you planning to bury him in the front yard? No, I will. I assume we will be taking him back into the graveyard. Uh, so the uh, morning lord services are apparently done at dawn. No, Kelimbors are done near the, the morning lord. They've mentioned is kind of forsaken this land. Yeah. Oh, yeah well, the Kel- at sundown. He will be. He will accept near sundown, given the circumstances. I look over because really the, the only person whose opinion actually matters in this particular round. I look at his son. Would this be acceptable to you? I. Uh... Oh, if he push? was a devout follower of the Morning Lord, I would rather he be buried in, in proper custom. Cannot force your ways on Looks to over. Would you. Would he. So. <laughs> when Maria starts talking, there's a complete lack of acknowledgement there. Just is looking over at, at, looks over at Ismar for a moment and just basically cuts Marie off with very well. Understands other people's being worshippers of other religions <laughs> and respecting those burial rites. Yay! We, yeah. should, we should bring him into the church. Calimbor is a tolerant religion. <laughs> Unless you're a seriousist, in which case, fuck you and the horse that you rode in on. Uh, Connie, could could we get your quite uh, valiantly strong muscles out here, please? <laughs> um, Connie will probably still a little pissed. Um, not supposed to be valiant. I'm supposed to be fucking gorgeous. You are also gorgeous. <laughs> Valiant and gorgeous are the same thing. <laughs> and we'll help carry the coffin. Alright, so you, you carry you carry the coffin in. Uh, which room do you put it in? Uh, where am I instructed to put it by the fucking priest who runs the shrine yeah. temple? Um... I, if you ask, if you ask um, Donovan, he's just like, um, leave it in the center of the chapel. I obviously can't use this room for prayer service. It can, at the very least, be a uh, in place for the for the soon to be interred. I mean, she'll find some way to ask. I'm sure she knows basic questions in prepared statement form. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you, you set you set the uh, the coffin in the center in the center of the room. Ah, well, I will see to it that he is prepared for the for the dawn. Return here at dawn, and we will perform this ceremony. And we will simply survive the night. Indeed, be careful. And as you all go to find out how you're going to survive your very first nights in Barovia. We will end there for the for the day. All right. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Adios. Goodbye.